Vander. Mm. It's a wet and dreary night in the city of Crow Perch. And as you turn down one of those common streets, the one where their optometrist is and the pharmacy, standing where you'd normally walk is a heavy set, burly man holding a stick over his shoulder. He doesn't look you in the eye. He doesn't look at you at all. As if to say, you're not going this way tonight. The only thing you know is that your debt has come past due. There's a creeping suspicion, I wouldn't even say in the back of your mind, but probably in front of it, that he's standing there for you. What would you like to do? Without trying to draw much attention from this person, I will try to brush past them and keep going. It's a narrow opening. His body takes up most of it, and as you walk up, he puts his hand out, touches your chest as you're ushered to stop. Not this way. Not tonight. Look, man, it's been a long, long day. You and I, we can go our separate ways. I just, if you could just move aside, it it would really, it'd make things a lot easier here. You don't have to roll a persuasion check here. He's not going to change his mind. I said not this way. You're being awful stubborn here, friend. I don't want no trouble. Now, Looks like you could take the path to the left. Detour. All right, friend. You have a good night. And I will go to the left. Celebrities sometimes get this treatment. Where there are people on both sides. And you're the reason that they're there. Except as you walk down this alley, it's every alternate path is barricaded by yet another heavy set, burly guy or a gal carrying some kind of weapon. There's a one-way path here. Vander knows that. You probably know what's waiting for you at the end of it. I do. What do you do? Well, I found myself in quite a pickle, so I think knowing the inevitable outcome here, I will make my way as quickly and efficiently as possible to the exit that I know exists and try to get by unscathed if I can. Rows of houses, some shops, some markets, all closed at this time of night. You make your way down the alley, passing 20 or 30 goons, until you get to the path home. One way you can go, barricaded by the same scrawny, cocky individual who lent you the money to begin with. So glad you made it, Vander. Penny, to what do I owe the honor? Oh, I think you know what that is. I'm expecting to be paid uh, 500 script. And I told you, look, I know we agreed on tonight, but the jobs have not been coming through as as often as I would have liked. I got a big one lined up in a few days. Just let me take care of that one, and I promise you, you will get your script. You know, I'm, I kind of pride myself as an accountant, and the jobs don't come through for you, and I don't get paid. 
how long could that really keep up before I have to balance the books? You know what I mean? Balance the books. I think you've heard me say that before. I, I have now, Penny, and, and I understand. Now, but you have to understand the life of a water stalker. The, the jobs aren't that frequent. This is a big one. I, I know it's going to be a big payout. Now, you just, just just a few more days is all I ask. And I'll make sure you get get your due and, and more and more. With your passive perception, you see one of the houses has this window that faces the street and the curtain is parted a little bit with two eyes looking towards you. Now, I understand. I do. I empathize with you. I myself am also a man of business. And so when business is bad, it's bad. But I have to get paid. So if you don't got anything to give me tonight, I should reclaim at least what you have on you. Your water stalker mask has value. I could sell that for a few script. You, you, you definitely could, Penny. But think about it now. If you, if you take my if you take my mask, I won't have a way of going out there and, and completing the job. The rest of the money won't come then. You want you have to understand that. The eyes you see in the window seem to communicate with you. You see as they glance to the right. Just to the right of the window is a door, and they glance back at you. How close is Penny to me? About 20 feet. And how close is the door? About five. It's immediately to your right. It would be, if unlocked, possibly your only escape, because even at this point, the place you came from has three more of those goons who have folded in to encircle you. All right, Penny. You do what you have to do. But I, and as soon as I, mid-sentence, I'm going to dart to the right and head to that door. You open it and close it behind you as it slams. Get him! A hand grabs yours. It's a younger girl who starts rushing you through the house. You see some family members who look sick, tired, who are kind of laying in various parts of this house. But it's a straight shot all the way through to the other side where there's a window to the adjoining alleyway. And without saying a word, she rushes with you to rush you in that direction. Yeah, I won't say a word either. I just, uh, hearing the voice behind me, I'm I'm following her lead. Now, you have to make a quick escape here. Please make an athletics check. And that's going to be a DC 13. Oh, a natural one. <laughs> As you run through the kitchen, you stumble over the chairs and tables that collapse onto the ground, and you hear a boot kick in the door behind you. It crashes open and slams against the wall, and you hear, Get him! As there's a barrage of people now running through, they gain on you. Though you make it over the table and chairs, through the kitchen and to the window, that this lady slams open, cracking some of the glass and you tumble through just as awkwardly as you made it through the house. If you fail one more check, you will be captured. Entering into the adjoining alleyway, you see as two of the goons have already rushed in through two of the streets, but you have a lead. There are some other places you can go, other corridors you can take. Please roll a second athletics check. It's a DC 13. 19. As you crash down the alleyway, 
barreling through one of the goons who, cra- who smashes against the wall through, through your weight. You're led down the other alleyway, now gaining some distance. You see the walls of the Citadel, and you see your escape plan. The place where you know there's a passageway, where you thought you were the only one who knew as this girl leads you in that direction. Sprinting, you get to the sewer grate that you're able to lift. And I'd like one last check, which is a stealth check, to make sure your track is covered and you will not be followed. DC, 13. 14. The sewer grate silently closes as the last thing you see is Penny round the corner, looking around and yelling, Somebody get him! And you're gone. You've escaped. And that was also the night that you met Abigail. As we will shift our focus, Dr. Glass, Trevor, Nihilus Von Stonen, and Esper, who was looking incredibly worse for wear. There was also Dredgewell, who tagged along with you, him being the only one who knew the way back to civilization. After you've left the cabin, and you come upon a cave that juts just out of the ground. And as he turns around in his mask, he says, Final stretch. Listen, just so you know, old man, we're in this together, so if you're leading us down into a hole to kill us, there's two, three, there's like three and a half of us and one of you. I think you could take me. The extent of my tricks are already through, and I aim to survive just as well as you do. This cave, well, it's it's a back entrance to a tunnel, the last one we have to go through. This is the last time you'll be out in the salt wastes. suppose we got no other choice, and cave is better than eating salt, like we've been doing the past few days. Any more in the storm, I guess. Whatever. I agree, we have to get out of here. I think Esper can handle much more. Of course. He looks over to Esper, who's sweating profusely, who has dark bags under her eyes. Her eyes glazed over, as if she's barely present. I'm sure we'll find her help. And he steps down, careful not to slip, as he descends down into the mouth of this dark tunnel. So I imagine uh, that as we're entering into the cave, uh, Trevor's probably the one carrying Esper at this point. I imagine as we walk the wastes, uh, Trevor, having taken his shirt off to uh, tear into strips before, is now just walking around with nothing but the bandages covering himself. But now, with the people around him, he feels like there's no need to really hide it. So he's just walking around just with the bandages. And everybody, as you step further into this cave, its walls become slick with this condensation. It's clearly not water, but almost like a slime or a sludge that mixes with the salt deposits. It gets dark, and after some time, 
Dredgewell, he takes out of his own pack a light torch, small, coated with wax on the end that he's able to light to light the way. You can see Trevor's bandages where moisture does seep around the edges, that black ichor, the blood, um, kind of frozen on the edges with crystallized salt. And it gets colder, immensely cold as you travel down. Though, surprisingly, actually, let me ask, who has the greatest passive perception? Dr. Glass has 16. Close behind that, 15 on Nihilus. Okay. Big old 12s. Nope. Dr. Glass, in the far distance, this tunnel, which doesn't strike you as incredibly natural, it looks carved into the earth, given how straight and narrow it is. In the far distance, you see what started as a pinpoint, but as you gain closer, a flicker of what seems to be a campfire. You see this before everybody else. I mention it. I say I point it out mentally to Nihilus. He wasn't expecting it. While trying to respond mentally, he blurs it out loud and says, We should investigate. Investigate? Investigate what? The many mysteries of life, Dredgewell. And she nods in agreement to Nihilus and puts a little, taps a finger to her lips, as in, shh. And even though he's wearing the mask, he tries to make a face of, I wasn't expecting it. Trevor's just giving a shrug, because, like, he knows what they're capable of, but he just knows that there's going to be some conversations he's just not privy to. He's just like, all right, let the, let the thinkers think. And I think as we draw closer, uh, she's going to draw out her favorite trick and uh, turn invisible. I'm sure that's just another mystery of life. He says out loud as you go invisible. Yeah, sorry. I won't. I weren't worried until you turned invisible. Should I be worried, actually? Trevor, we see a campfire ahead. I think I should just sneak ahead a bit and lay eyes on them before we reveal ourselves. Oh. Cool. All right. Any just disagreements? If anything happens, just, uh... What? Give a hand? Sh- just, like, shout, I guess. I ain't gonna see nothing. If I need you, you will certainly know. Thanks for letting everybody know. And Dredgewell reluctantly places his pack on the ground and sits along the edge. Alright, don't act like you're part of the gang, man. Your survival depends on me and mine, you. So perhaps we can share information. Either way, sounds like there's a plan. Plan right now is for all of us to survive. As Nihilus starts to try to tend to Esper to the best of his abilities. When you look into Esper, you start to see something that typically so far only Dr. Glass has really noticed. Beyond this sickness, her eyes can barely focus on you. Fades in and out. Her pupils dilate in and out. There's a hollowness, an emptiness to Esper. Perhaps it was always there. And in this moment, you can see it's consuming her. She's getting worse. Nihilus tries to focus on comfortability for Esper. 
staying close to them, trying to make the, the journey easier, getting comfortable, if need be, ripping a piece off his clothing, the makeshift the pillow for them. And he kind of feels at a loss. He knows Dr. Glass better at this kind of stuff than he is, although, you know, he, he is proficient in, in medicine. He knows how to close up wounds, but even this, with the help of his god, is, is beyond him. He tries to the best that he can. You can tell that your efforts, though, might help minimally. She needs a professional or somebody who can help her because she's not getting better. Vander, after you had parted ways with the group the first time, taking a separate path out of the bunker that they had been trapped in, you started heading towards one of your known safe houses one that's just yours, somewhere you can lie low. Stay in the salt wastes, but also stay safe. As you were walking, Bandit, you hear him bark behind you. You don't always pay attention to him. He's a dog. He runs around, but it's a bark of alertness. And as you turn, you see Abigail sitting and leaning against one of the stones that jut out of the ground and holding her palm on her mask. Andy was wrong. Your mask broken? I think we have a problem. <clears throat> okay, well, what is it? She takes her palm off for a second and you see there's a massive gash in the mask and she quickly puts it back on and you hear the seeping of air. Vandera, I, I breathed it. <clears throat> what the hell happened, Abby? How did that happen? You... See beneath her where she's sitting, the rock has this crevice that goes far underneath. And she looks down, gestures for you to look as well. And as you lean down, the wind of the salt wastes whipping around, you see a satchel that looks to have belonged to a water stalker resting far in that crevice, perhaps too far for Abigail to have reached, though she likely tried far enough for you to reach well I I found this I think I scraped my mask <coughs> damn it Abby uh, well uh, first I'm going to do is going to over to her uh, start tearing off strips of cloth from anywhere I can find on my armor or, or backpack, any kind of leathers I have lying around, I'm going to try my best to patch up this hole. Please roll survival. Uh, That would be a 16. You're able to, using the scraps you have, put a patch over it so the mask is serviceable. Though, looking at Abby, you can tell with her slightly bluish complexion, she's not getting all the air that she needs to be healthy. If she did get a breath of this air she could have the early signs right now of salt lung she needs a real doctor damn it Abby we can fix this we gotta go back to the city I know some people I I can make some calls I I can I'm I'm gonna fix this for you okay I'm sure it'll be fine Vander but I've already gotten this far. Can you just... She looks down at that satchel. You gotta know what's in it. 
than hers are beneath this stone you notice the stone is sharp to the touch jagged clearly what did her mask in but you grab it and pull it out and as you unzip it you see it's loaded loaded vander could be 2,000 or 3,000 script this is someone's stash that you've just found and it's a life-changing stash. It's a hell of a find, Abby. I don't... I don't know if it was worth it, but that's a hell of a find, girl. Vander, that's... That's more than enough. That's enough to just stop being a water stalker altogether. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's life-changing. Look, I, look, that's... It's, it's good work. Good work, Abby. But I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about you. We gotta get you looked at. Do you know how to get back? Yeah. There's, uh, there's an old passageway nearby, I think. If we make it there quickly, uh, we can get inside before dark. <sighs> Look, we, we got to hurry. I don't, uh, I don't know how bad this could be for you, but we got to go now. All right. <clears throat> All right. Let's go. Let's go. And she lifts herself off the ground, throws her pack tighter around her back, gives Bandit a pat on the head. Oh, I'm going to try to carry her. I'm going to try to carry her. And you pick her up. You don't have to roll for that. She's light. Yeah. And you've done this before. And begin making your way. Dr. Glass, please tell me what was your stealth roll? 19. Vander. Your passive perception? Uh, my passive perception is a 12. Dr. Glass, as you traverse this narrow corridor, you see there's a fire built. And the smoke from the fire doesn't have much room to move, to go. It canopies the ceiling of the tunnels. You see a man sitting back turned to you looking in the direction that the tunnel leads and you see two people or a person and something beneath a blanket out of sight please roll history for me 17 history I never forget a back <laughs> the way that his shoulders rise and fall the look of his helmet all rings a bell. You recognize this person. And from 30 feet away, you know who this is and likely who's under the blanket. Vander, you hear nothing. Not yet. But in his head, he hears, We meet again, Mr. Vander. Glad to see we're both alive still, more or less. Alive again, I should say. Uh, wow, I think, uh, kind of imagine how someone would react to hearing a voice in their head uh, when they weren't expecting it. Band is gonna stand up, look around, not see you, and then respond. I think he can respond in your, to the message. 
And this is how we met the first time. She was invisible and speaking in your head, after all. Yeah, and you can respond. Dr. Glass, uh, it's, it's, it's good to hear that you, you made it. I, I was wondering about you and your friends. I hope everything's okay. More or less, uh, we're traveling with a different psychopath this time. But uh, an old one. It's a long story, as they tend to be. Uh, I, I don't know where you and your friends are, but uh, there's a cave system nearby. Uh, if you can find it, uh, I have set up camp for the evening. You're welcome to join me at the fire. I would love to hear whatever long story you got. That's extremely welcome news. There are very few welcome faces on this island or welcome shoulder blades in this case but yours are very much among them I think with the I'm mention behind of... you I'm behind okay. you sorry <laughs> yeah with the mention of shoulder blades he is going to turn around and look <laughs> well uh, I, I take it that man over there isn't just turning around for no reason so it seems as though our psychic friend has made a friend uh, Nihilus shall, shall we go we shall be like new friends, I suppose. He tries to give a, a gentle wave. Uh, for a point of clarification here, Wes, uh, while they not being water stalkers may not be aware of this, what, like being in a cave system, we're outside of the, the, the threat of the salt at this point, right? There is a point at which the atmosphere will be breathable down here. You're not quite there yet. It's a long walk, but it does descend deeper and deeper into the earth. And at some point, you'll be able to take your masks off, but that's not quite the point yet. Yeah, that was where I was getting. I didn't know if I would still have my mask on at this point or not, but I guess I would, yes. And under his breath, intentionally not to be heard, Dredgel mutters, well, I suppose that's four to one then. And he carries on with you and Esper and eventually... Everybody's there. You reconvene around the campfire. Small ruin, I guess. It's good to see that you're all alive and in relatively good health. He looks over at Esper at this point, clearly concerned. Fading in and out, she looks bad. She looks really bad. We're getting there. (laughs) We hope if we're not being led in the wrong direction this time. I'm sure our water stalker friend can tell us everything we need to know about this direction. Uh, well, you guys have... I, I don't know your friend here, but uh, he, he was... He hasn't led you astray. This is a quick way back to the city. Uh, it's relatively safe, for the most part. It's not one I would recommend taking, unless it's an extreme circumstance, but uh, it will get you there. Lovely. This sociopath has been truthful with you. Ever so lovely. Psychopath, Dredgewell, let's... I think we're past sugarcoating things. Fair. Would the, would the name Dredgewell mean anything to me? Roll history, DC 18. Oh yeah, is it his real name? I forget. Nope. <laughs> That's a fat zero. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to make your acquaintance. Dredgewell, was it? Yeah, you're welcome at my fire. Thank you. And Vander does hear in his head, yes, he's a, he's a serial killer who's been 
luring in travelers and torturing them and feeding them to bees for quite some time. My comrades here were strangely resistant to my even implication that we might want to kill him. And then a lot of other things happened and he just sort of ended up with us. Well, thank you for letting me know. Also in your head, uh, thank you for letting me know uh, about this individual. Uh, If anything, uh, I, I don't know if killing him is the right call. Every extra hand helps in these times, especially out the waste. But I will be sure to keep an eye on him. I agree, but I would like to... My one point that I've been trying to make to everyone is, at a certain point when he... The very moment he no longer needs us to survive, he will turn on us. So we should keep an eye out for that. I know he's old and infirm, and... He has a hole cut in his chest with bees in it. I don't know which column that goes in, uh, but it's a fun fact. So, in the 30 seconds of silence, this this is happening. Uh, Trevor is using his mouth to talk to Vander at the same time. He's just saying, yeah, he's a little creepy guy, but, you know, uh, we was a little... uh, hesitant to talk to him uh, but you know we, it's good to get a second opinion right like like a doctor speaking of doctors we was looking for an actual doctor like a body doctor to look at esper and not a brain i don't think you're listening to me are you listening to me uh, i'm yeah yeah yes sir <laughs> i'm sorry uh trevor uh i was a little preoccupied there but uh i agree with you trying times do make for strange bedfellas um but yeah, if you if you're looking for a doctor, this will take you back to the city. I, I'm actually, I'm on my way back there myself. Uh, I need a doctor I'm too. A doctor too. You see a hand kind of breach the blanket. Abigail, how are you, dear? Have you been reading up on plants? <laughs> oh, I, I haven't been doing much reading. Mostly trying to breathe. It's a good start. It's a terrible cough. Abigail, what did you do? Well, sometimes you just breathe the wrong thing and suddenly you got rock breath. Or salt lung. There's so many names for it. Oh god. Let's get you a new one, shall we? Oh, thanks. Uh, this looks like a cracked one. Uh, might not be the best. Yeah, yeah. And she takes a deep breath, holds it, takes the mask off as she dons this helmet, breathes in. <gasps> Sorry. Still hard to breathe because of my lungs. But much better mask, thank you. You're always welcome, Abigail. Yeah. Old darling Abigail here wasn't paying attention and got her mask cracked, so gotta get it looked at now. So, I was going to ask what brings you here, but, you know, water soccer sold ways I can connect the dots, uh, but is it just a coincidence or did we stumble into a place? We're heading back <clears throat> back to civilization to get me somebody to look at me. And this this is just the fastest way there. There's uh, can I can I tell them about the tunnels, Vander? They're friends now, right? Well, I mean you already just did, so Well, not those tunnels. There's an old bunker that has a passageway that goes all the way back past the borderline where the salt waste start. <clears throat> This system, there's some 
ways to get there. And then from there, the whole thing is filled with water stalkers. It's like a... Like a... Crossing. There's stalkers from different clans. I don't expect you to know much about that, but... Um... It's a s- safe place for most. Uh, I, I think it's the gist. I mean, you should probably try to avoid talking as much as possible. Yeah. Save your breath. Yeah. <clears throat> she curls the blanket back over. Come here, man. <laughs> All right. So, uh, there's a, there's a tunnel in a bunker leads to what? It's like a, a crossroads, like a like a bunch of different roads. Is that like a high traffic area then? A bunch of different water stalkers. I didn't even know water stalkers had like clans. I thought they was just what they was. But is that like, are we going to run into anyone there if we go down? Well, that is that is a possibility. It is known, uh, it's called the pass-through. It's what we call it at least. Um, It's an easy way Connecting the ways back to civilization. Waterstalkers know of it. Waterstalkers use it. Uh, it's sort of a, uh, I guess, a, I guess a, not much of a secret now, but there are people that know about it, and there are, there's a chance that we could run into others down there. But if they're, if they're waterstalkers, they they shouldn't pose much of a problem. Right. Like, like they, even if they're from different clans, it's like a like a handshake thing, like. You don't do nothing. There ain't gonna be nothing. It's kind of the the deal. Yeah, there's a there's a code that we follow. So unless they're out for good for for bad intentions or or working for someone paying them under the table or something like that, I I don't think we're gonna worry about the water stalkers. But there are others that do use these passages too. Uh, I can't speak for them. Okay, so just be ready. <laughs> Same thing we've been doing, right? Just, just be ready. The walk through the rest of these cold tunnels eventually became deep enough that you could take your masks off and breathe normally. And so I presume you do. Hanging by your side, packed away, you continue on until you see a smooth stone wall at the end of this tunnel that seems to have been broken through. Passing through it, it emerges into another tunnel, but this one, man-made. Stone walls, floors, ceilings, larger. And it's been a while since you've been here, Vander. People recognize you You're not an unknown quantity, and the people looking for you to be paid, they probably look here harder than anywhere else. But being the fastest way back to civilization, there's not much of a choice. The site is always something to behold. The the large wooden towers on either side that go all the way up to the ceiling and the wooden man-made gate with spiraling spiked wire that seems to defend it from anybody who might approach who isn't welcome is what greets you with a small wooden slat where a pair of eyes can peer through 
No approach can be quiet here. Your sounds echo through the tunnels. And as you approach... Vander! Here, I thought you were dead. I haven't seen you at this crossing in years. Hey, friend. No, not dead yet, but always approaching. Uh, No, I've been making my way out in the waste. I, uh... Normally wouldn't be back here, but, uh... I got pressing matters that need to tend to. You hear Bandit from behind you with a low growl. (laughs) Now you're going to keep your mutt leashed. Of course. Bandit's nothing but a sweetie. He he ain't never done no one no harm that didn't deserve it. Right. Now, I don't recognize those that you're traveling with. They don't look like water stalkers to me. Well, your, your eyes are are sharp as ever. You are correct. They are they are not water stalkers. They are under my protection. I'm leading them back to civilization. Uh, this just happened to be the quickest pass. Well, welcome back. And a hatch opens a door. Bags for inspection. All right. Uh, they apparently want to check your bags. I'll be, I'll carry anything you don't want them to see. Vander, this is clearly something new, because years ago, the last time you've been here, it was a don't ask, don't tell policy in terms of what's coming and going from the salt wastes. Right. Something. Uh. Something changed. I don't remember this being a. Uh, in a requirement. Yeah. A few months ago, somebody brought something dangerous. It uh, caused a bit of a ruckus here in the tunnels. So we're inspecting now. And uh, Dr. Glass says into Nihilus's mind, where do you think we should put that orb? <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh about that in real life. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? what do you think? Uh, Nihilus responds. Now, now, Nihilus. <laughs> Holy thoughts. <laughs> uh, Nihilus responds in, in rather quick manner. Hold it. Put it in your coat. They're going to expect inspector bags. Don't let them inspect an old woman's personal. Uh, I think she's going to go more with Nihilus's suggestion. More the RP route. And she's going to offer up her bag and keep the orb like on her person like in her skirts and make sure he doesn't get fresh okay use her old ladiness after mentally messaging um Dr. Glass back. Uh, Nihilus unpacks his large backpack, high shields, his gear, and uh, priest's back, and in a loud voice says, My source's hand, I have nothing to hide. Please inspect. And he opens it himself and says, Look, that's a healer's kit. It can be super helpful. Look over here, you have sensors which calm the mind. And he tries to create a distraction however he can by being absolutely annoying um, and <laughs> trying to step up and see if he can help the process by not helping the process. Okay. Let's start with 
Nihilus, Dr. Glass, as you two enter through the door together, it's opened for you. There is a corridor made of wood with a glass window that shows you the inspection area. Your bags pass through as a man with a water stalker mask hanging at his neck sorts through them. Right. All right. Carry on. And uh, then with Dr. Glass and her things, sorts through them. Uh-huh. Okay. Carry on. And at the other end of that vestibule, there is a man standing. Uh, he opens the door and looks you both over as you walk through. And I would like from Dr. Glass a stealth check with advantage. Now, the DC is still going to be a 17, but that is with advantage because Nihilus is causing such a ruckus. You see the man behind the counter going, yes, I, I, I know what a healer's kit is. Can, can, please, just let me do my job, sir. Dr. Glass, please roll stealth. The stealth of my skirts? Okay, here we go. I, I have a plan in case this is this goes sideways, but I want to... Oh, look at that. That would be a natural 20. Wanted to see how it panned out. Hey, baby! Cool. I steal his wallet. Cool. <laughs> no. Cool as a cucumber. Uh, as you walk through this vestibule, acting naturally, calmly, you even kind of furl at your outfit kind of brushing yourself off to make it look like it just floats in the wind and there's nothing beneath it. You walk right by this man, even looking him in the eyes confidently, and you belong there. This is your tunnel, nobody else's. As you step all the way through and nobody is any the wiser with your bag to greet you on the other side. And now, Trevor and Vander, you hand your bags over and well, before we do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Trevor, can, can I can I confide in you for a moment? Uh, you know, I always try and be available at any time. It seems like a weird time, but I suppose I'll be available now. Sure. Oh, well, when Abby got hurt, when she when a when a when a mask broke. We found a, a large, for lack of better, we found a large sum of money. Now, I was planning on using this money to pay for her doctor, her surgeon, whatever she needs. But I have people who are looking for me who, who I owe a lot of money to. I'm worried that they're going to find us down here, and if I turn this bag in, I'm not going to get it back. You... You found the money. Found the money out in the waste, yeah. Okay. Let me see what I can do. And, uh, he'll, he'll walk out front uh, before Vander. Uh, he puts his bag uh, on the counter. However, uh, there's one thing that he does not... Uh, put in the bag, uh, tucked in to the back waistband of his pants, is still the uh, breamed revolver. Thank you. Takes the bag, 
shuffles it in the window, puts it on the shelf in front of the window. Oh. Next. All right. One more thing. Uh, something I forgot. Uh, and he's going to reach, grab the revolver uh, with the symbol of House Van Thorn. He's not going to point it at him. He's just going to set it on the table, uh, showcasing the emblem and saying, I hope you understand that uh, we got some business needs taken care of and I'm under strict orders to uh, get it there as soon as possible and any delays are going to be well, they're going to be trouble. Anything that's trouble for me is eventually going to wind its way back to you. I'm just looking out for you. Please roll intimidation with advantage. With advantage, because uh, that's going to be a DC 17 still. Uh, is this intimidation, you said? You could also use deception if you wish. Whichever you is pick this... is going to flavor their Absolutely. reaction. This is going to be intimidation. Too late for me to give him Bardic, right? Too late. I am. I, I at least have a plus two in intimidation because I'm proficient. Uh. Wait, you're proficient? Oh, you have minus? <laughs> I have a minus one. You <laughs> charisma. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> mm, mm, no. That's an eight. There's tension in your voice, a wobble of it. It's a good idea. It's you have a gun with the symbol of the Van Thorn family. That means something. It doesn't come out of nowhere. And as this man takes pause, standing at the window, seeing the revolver in your hand and then placed onto the counter, he can hear the whistle the rumble from your lungs. He sees that a sickness has you. And he silently nods. Yes, sir. We'll be very careful. He takes the revolver as well and places it on the counter next to the bag. Next. So, you'll, uh, there is a bit of a exasperated side because it's behind him. There's a bit of a shrug. Thanks for that. I'll move through. Now, that bag, 2000 script, is not something that gets hidden on your person. It's a lot of these metal discs, these chips. And are you giving it for inspection? How are you treating it? As now, Vander, you're next and you approach the window. You see Abigail. She stands next to you, looking very nervous. She holds on to the leash that she put on to Bandit, really tight to the collar. Well, we've gotten out of worse scraps, Abby. We're going to roll the dice and see what happens, I guess. I'm going to turn over the bag. He takes it, and immediately you can see he feels the weight of it, the shuffle, and there's a pause. He looks at you in the eye, not knowing, not seeing what's in the bag, but he thinks he knows what's in the bag. Thank you. 
as he pulls it through the counter, he puts it on the table. The rest of your possessions he puts on for inspection as well. Carry on inside. As you step around, you get to the vestibule and you see the window where everything can be inspected. First, Trevor's things. He looks through. Hmm, quite the traveler you are. Waves you along to go through the door. Abigail walks very close to you, Vander, as you enter the room. And first, your supplies pouch. He looks through. Yeah, you're a water stalker, all right. He takes out an axe, and then another axe. And he takes out... Is this a morning star? Almost looking surprised at you. I haven't seen one of these in years. Found it in the waste. Sure. Puts it in the bag. You're funny. Pushes your supplies pouch through to the next window. And then he gets to the pouch that he knows, that he thinks he knows. And he doesn't, like, wantonly open it. He slowly uncinches the bag as he unfurls just one small flap, just enough to see inside, and then closes it. I have to ask, did this come from a water stalker? I'll be honest with you, sir. I, I, I don't rightly know. Uh, been collecting a lot over the years. Some of it might have come from a stalker. Some of it may not have. It's, uh, it's amazing what you can find laying out in the waste when you're walking around. Real persuasion. DC 17. 19. Well, who am I to say what a man does with his hard-earned money? I hope you make good use of it. He cinches the bag closed and pushes it along. Carry on. Thank you. You do the same now. As you step out, you find your bag on the other side. I'll pay you fair warning. I don't think you should let anybody know what you're holding here as you make your way to the other side. Is that clear? Well, that was always the intention. I wasn't aware of the bag inspection. Haven't been here in a while. That's clear as well. It was nice to have worked with you for as long as we have going back. Take care, Vander. You too. Hope we'll work with you again in the future. He smiles, turns his head down for a moment. Yeah. Hope so. Can I insight that? <laughs> insight it? Absolutely. Please roll insight. That's a natural 20 with a 25. This man is clearly speaking like you're dead. Like he's not going to see you again. Right. Well, thank you, friend. It was... It's always good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. And he turns back to his window. And now that we're rejoined the whole group, there's one direction you can go, lined on either side, numerous stalls, shops. Not like a market. Not fresh fruits and vegetables here, but rectangular bars of rations. And... Strange knickknacks, gears, pistons, things that have been found out in the wastes. It's all items for survival as you walk through. 
Dr. Glass says into Vander's mind, I don't suppose House Meridial has any presence here. DM, would I know that? Waterstalkers come in two varieties. Those who work for their profession, for the good of all people, for to find potable water in a place where it's hard to come by, and those who work for the nobles, who will find a resource and tie it directly into those who will bask in its abundance. And here, especially, where water stalkers do, to some extent, still share a creed, a want for survival, there will be water stalkers who work for all of the different families, including the Meridials, including the Vanthorns, including other somewhat noble families, even if they're not on the, the council. Yes. Man, it's, it's possible. I don't know if I've ever run into one. That's who uh, our friend Dredgewell is on the run from. And I'm afraid this is too much civilization for him. He will kill and kill again. He kills quite creatively. I would love to turn him right in at the nearest convenience, but I don't know if this is the kind of place we can do that. As you say that, the door to the inspection room opens again. Dredgewell comes out. Get your hands off of me. Yes, just don't mind the buzzing. And as he steps through, he grabs his bag. I'll take that. Throws it over his shoulders. All right. I think I've done my part. And he turns to the group. I don't think you need me anymore. This is where we can part ways. Frankly. And he says to Vander in his mind, Oh, perhaps I should just tell them. I don't see why that would hurt. I don't know exactly. And she goes up to the customs agent, or whatever he is, and she says, it, when Stredgewell is a few steps away and out of your shot, uh, and she says, excuse me, sir, I just, I realized I just recognized that man. He's, he's a wanted fugitive. He, he murdered someone from House Meridial years ago. It was in all the papers. Meridial? Surprised. Uh, please roll persuasion. It's just a DC of five. You snitch in this house. And I have a plus ten. <laughs> well, you didn't want me to kill him. It smells like rat. <laughs> so that's a twenty-four. Thanks. And... He leans over the counter. Uh, actually, so with that high, can I add on? And I think he stole a purple gem of mine. It's a family heirloom. Thanks. And through the door to the common space, you hear, What is it? Unhand? What? Can you please just... And then there's just the ambient noise of the common space of the street. After a few seconds, a few minutes, the guard walks through. Family heirloom? Someone? Yes, that that's mine. Thank you. Certainly. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. I'm sorry that this happened. This is a place where we don't allow this sort of thing. And he hands it over to you. I could tell that by how thoroughly you were doing your job before. Thank you so much. I was almost afraid to say anything. Who knows what could have happened? Of course. And as she returns to the group, she says, 
I did warn him about monsters. Shall we? We shall. Well, uh, speaking of monsters, I feel like I might need to make a statement here real quick. I, I, I confided in Trevor a few moments ago, but after walking through the checkpoint, I feel like I should at least warn the rest of you as well. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat this. There's, there's people looking for me. It's the reason why I stayed out in the waste as long as I did. And um, I get the thinking feeling that they're going to know I'm here pretty quickly. I just wanted you all to be aware of that. Interesting. But it's quite sweet of you, actually. You know, even if you're a wanted man, apparently, to risk coming back, and he looks at Abigail, must mean quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. Well, you saved our lives. I think the least we can do, if I don't speak for anyone else, is provide some safety back. Literally, you saved our lives. Although I don't want I don't want anyone to risk any of their lives. But let's just try to work together as a group, shall we? Well put, Nihilus. I think you've saved our lives on more than one occasion, in fact. Yeah. Uh, and as he's walking, he kind of has his hands clasped behind his head. Uh, you know, anyone around here tries to uh, throw their weight around. Uh, we got you back. You know, we can throw their weight around, too. I appreciate it. As you walk through, you notice there's an air of of comfort. Possibly half the people who are just walking through these halls have come from the salt wastes. Tired. Beaten down by the weather. The dangers that are there. And the other half, a little bit solemn. Likely people who are going out. And so, although there's a bustle about these avenues, there's a calmness to it as well. And you'll find whatever you need here from the point of, like, a survival out in the wastes. Not much of creature comforts. What you do notice, however, is two wooden catwalks on the left and the right side of this large tunnel where guards seem to patrol back and forth. As you make distance through this tunnel... At first you feel it's a stolen glance, but then it happens more frequently as about halfway through towards the exit, the guards nearly keep their eyes on Vander at all times, turning their head to watch him go like it's a funeral procession. As, uh, as it's happening, Trevor's kind of like cocking his eye at all the staring kind of goes notices that most of them are probably towards Vander yes uh, popular guy uh, or like suppose the opposite of that they uh to be staring a hole in you yeah yeah 
popular is not the word I would use, but uh, I got a few people that aren't too keen on me right now. Look, I, uh, I got a dread that I'm feeling. So, uh, it's gonna come off kind of odd. And, and maybe there's nothing to this. I hope there's not, but, uh, it, I'm gonna hand the bag of script to Trevor. If, for whatever reason, something happens to me, you make sure Abigail's taken care of. Hey, 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 now, come on, man, you know, you ain't gotta be making funeral plans right now. Uh. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, you know, while I still could. These people that I owe money to, they, they're not known for their leniency. There's a bit of hesitation, Trevor, uh, as Evander kind of starts walking forward and then he'll kind of do a little jog to catch up. Well, I mean, hey, uh, I I ain't going to claim to understand exactly what these people are capable of. I I got a pretty good idea just just from the vibe. But you stuck your neck out for me. That ain't nothing. So I don't want it to seem like I'm making what seems like... uh, a mountain into a molehill, you know? If you're in trouble, man, just, you just let us know. One word, and we're right behind you. I appreciate that. Look, I, I don't, I know I have enough in this bag, I think, to pay off whatever debt I owe. But I'm worried that if I, I think they're going to take it all. And I don't know how much this... I don't know how much it's going to cost to get Abby fixed. Uh, it might be something simple. Maybe. Maybe this will all work out. But I don't think it's about the money anymore. I, I think... I think I burnt that bridge when I... When I ran off. And, uh... Look, it, it's... It's a mess I made. It, it's, it's... I don't want to get you guys involved in that if I can help it. Because I, I don't know what your plans are. I don't know where you plan on going. Or, but if, if you're heading into the city for whatever reason, these are not people that you want to get on your bad side. And I, I, it would, I don't want to put that on y'all. Let, let's not go uh, fearing the worst, right? Like you said, we got the money. We got it, right? I mean, if anything, they, they probably just want you out of their hair, right? So whether you leave dead or alive probably don't mean much of anything to them as long as you're not there so let's 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 go with that for now and if anything were to happen we'll 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 figure that out too all right yeah look on the brightest side i can do that that's all we gotta do we're living in darkness man can't go no darker and Vander hears a whisper next to his ear. I know you've mostly seen us at our weakest moments. 
but the stars themselves tremble at the fate that befalls anyone who hurts that girl of yours. And Vander has bardic inspiration. You carry on through the corridors until you reach the final passage. It's like a funnel. Two large metal walls in a V-shape point towards one small metal doorway. The only way in and out. And it becomes very evident to you, Vander, who's standing there, blocking this corridor, just like the last time. You see the one who goes by the moniker, Penny Dreadful. He stands there with his arms crossed, leaning against the wall like some sort of punk. In front and behind him, several burly thugs. The guards on the catwalk that does broach this passageway, the only other way to pass through is through the two catwalks on either side, stand doing nothing to prevent this, even though it's clearly not allowed. Vander, it's been a while. I wish I could say it was not long enough, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, it has been a while. See, you have friends. I like friends. I have a few myself. And he looks over. You and I were friends once, too. He glances briefly to his thugs and then back at you. Yeah, we were. But then you stole from me. I don't think we're friends anymore. That is, unless you plan to clean up the balance. You know, balance the books. Well, when last I checked, it was 500. So, yeah, I could square that away. You must have done well for yourself. I take it that job went well, the one you were waiting for in order to pay me. Yeah, that one and a few others. Well, then this should be quick, then. If you head over through to the inspection room, and he tilts his head to the left, and you see a doorway with a heavy wooden wall. One of the sides of the V has this space. Before you leave, we can square up. Well, how much is it that I owe you now? Well, I, I take it that interest rates being what they are, having to float a debt like yours is not nothing. Could be a lot. I'd have to see what you have first. Well, like I said, I got the 500 he was promised. I'm a man of my word. I think it's more than 500 now, Vander, is what I'm trying to say. And you see two of the thugs kind of place their hands onto the clubs that are at their waist belt. Nihilus spotting that, he takes a step forward and... Well, that's a quite interesting take. Say, what is your interest rate that day? I'm sure I could help along with any calculations if need be. Say, how long has it been? What was the date? It's been three years. Been three years? And what was the original, uh, what, 500, I heard? Yes. All right. And you're loaning. To how many people do you loan, roughly, on average? Excuse me, who is this guy? (laughs) Surround. Priest. Priest, why don't you take back, take a step back and say some prayers for this man? Inquisitor. I'm sure we could come to an agreement that we could all be happy with and live 
and walk away from. Please roll. Are, are you aiming for intimidation here? <laughs> yeah. Please roll know. intimidation. Well, Trevor's pretty intimidated. But intimidation. <laughs> okay. Well, then. If Trevor's intimidated, then intimidated. And while he does that, with a, a magical flick of the wrist, he, uh, with a bonus action, he summons his magical pen as he was writing in his book. Just a little bit of flair. Nine. Now, I understand. I do. You seem like a very helpful gentleman. But I think I do have all the help that I need. And we wouldn't want to cause a scene that requires the intervention of those who protect this place as well. And he looks up towards the guards on either side, which unfortunately seem to be very focused on what's about to happen. At this moment, in terms of the scale, I just want to paint a picture. Six thugs, large, burly, Two guards, well-equipped. Their allegiance maybe only slightly starting to become clear that they seem to be ready to protect this man for some reason. And in terms of the danger, Esper is out of commission. There's no way that she'd be able to help. Abigail, bless her heart, but she is not doing well. And so Vander would have to fight on his own. It would be, what we'll say, very challenging, if not life-threatening, to try to fight your way out of this, though anything is possible. How many guards again? Sorry? We're above us. Two very well-equipped guards and six thugs, and that's besides six thugs. That's Penny Dreadful. Six. And the, the six are in front of us or above? There are two in front of him, and there's four behind him. There's a V-shape here. The two that are in front are just aside, and behind this doorway where you do see a large vestibule and the two metal doors that open to the outside world, some fresh air blowing in, um, those four stand right behind him, also barricading that exit. Tell me about torches, Light sources. Um, along the catwalk, there's a torch every 20 feet. Two of them on each side. One on each side, rather. Uh, they all flare up suddenly. Are you sure you want to be having this interaction here in front of this holy man? And the col- and the flames change color. That was wicked cool. Now, Vander, I know they don't know me like you know me. And last time we weren't able to finish our conversation. He raises his hand into the air and clenches it like a fist. And just as he does, all those torches extinguish at the same time. Well, I can do that too. It's almost as if pitch black engulfs the V-shaped doorway. It's dark in the rest of the room, though beyond is still the hustle and bustle of everybody here. But this doorway, the darkness cast by not the absence of light, is pitch. And 
where he was standing, you see just the glow of his eyes and mouth. Now, I dread the name, but there's a reason I'm called Penny Dreadful, as the eyes and mouth grow in scale to encapsulate this whole wall. And this is going to be my last kind request. Vander, what will it be? Look, I, I, I look to Abby. I look at the traveling companions that I have made uh, for uh, the briefest of time that I've spent with them. Look, guys, I, I don't want to see you guys get hurt. I'll just... I'll turn myself in. Take care of Abby for me. Abby grabs your elbow and squeezes. I'm not leaving you here. As this is happening, I want to try and do an insight check on Vander. I want to take a look at him, and I want to see, as it's clear that he wants to turn himself in, is there any kind of fight or flight going to be happening? Is he not... Is he looking to go quietly, or is he trying to get close to not go quietly? Make your insight check. Oh boy. Alright. I'm much better at insight now, so let's see if that helps. Sorry, 17. Vander, what does Trevor see? So, uh, you, you beat whatever role I was going to have, and um, what's going through Vander's mind right now is he's always been a man who knows that any day could be his last day. Um, in fact, before he met Abby, um, he never really expected to live longer than tomorrow and uh, I mean that's just the life of a water stalker now that he has somebody in his life that he actually looks towards for you know for protection and this familial unit uh, right now his only concern is for her safety and if that means going with this guy and, and settling this debt then he is ready to do that uh, with that thought Trevor is still on edge at this point. He is waiting for the other shoe to drop. He will not instigate. But he cannot help the kind of animal he is. And so if things were to happen, he would be jumping right into the fray. If the past has taught him anything, is that you can't charge in first. Listen here, girl. Look, don't listen here, me. I know. Don't you listen here, me? Just give him the money, and we can go. We don't need it. We did. We got it by happenstance. I need it to pay for your doctor, Abby. We'll find a way. We always do. Stop okay. trying to make decisions for us, Vander. You always try to make decisions for me. I'm old enough, and let's not forget that I'm the reason you're here. You're right. I shouldn't have making a decision for you. But what you don't 
understand uh, what maybe you're not seeing is that I don't think this is about the money anymore. Whatever it's about, we can take the next step and see what happens. And if we've got to run, we'll run. And you put these people's lives in jeopardy doing that? I didn't ask for them to be here, but I'm here with you. All right. I'll give the money. Let's hope you're right. I'll step forward and uh, I'll pull the bag out. I got your script here, Penny. Every little bit I've collected over the years, out in the ways, it's all I got in my name. And I hope this will square us off because I never want to see you again. Oh, I don't want to see you again either, Fander. Let's go together to count it. And the darkness dissipates, and you just see this man standing there again. Through the door. Just you and me? Just you and me. All right, Penny. You and me, let's go. Good choice. And he steps forward, gives you a hand wave to enter before him. And as you do, he enters behind you and closes the door. And that's where we'll end this session.